Hello and welcome to church. This is the Lighthouse Digital Church. We're so glad you could make it today. Before we proceed, this is a recap from last Sunday. Stay with us. Hello, good morning. This is the Lighthouse Digital Church where we are nurtured to grow in our knowledge of the Word of God with emphasis in our relationship with the Father and our identity in Christ. Last week, our lead pastor, Pastor Davis, studies on the power of stillness. And I learned that the instructions God gives me might not make sense, but I just have to believe. Also, before the need arises, God already provided an answer. The supply of God precedes every need in my life. Today, Mrs. Bonali is also going to share with us what she learned from last week. Welcome, Ma. Thank you, Sophie, for having me. Um, I learned a lot from power of stillness. I learned that God is going to do what He wants to do regardless of my feelings. I also learned from the preachings of Pastor Davis that God has a solution to any problem I may face. And God doesn't want me to relate to Him um, in the physical realities, but He wants me to relate to Him at the spiritual level, spiritual realities. I also learned that God will never abandon me. And um, the most striking point of the power of stillness for me was when Pastor David said that I cannot be conquered because God cannot be conquered. If you have to conquer me, it means you have to get to God before you get to me because God lives in me. God is unconquerable. So for you to conquer me, you have to get to God first, which is quite impossible. So um, I'm really blessed by the words of Pastor David and thank you for your words of encouragement. I've learned a lot. God bless you. God keep you. Now, here is today's message. Wow. Good morning, people. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Davis Bamigboye, and I'm so excited and delighted to have you in church today. Last week, I started speaking about the crossing of the Jordan, and I spoke specifically about the power of stillness. If this is your first time of coming to our church, I bid you welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. In our live church, you will see people chatting and talking about what God is doing. Join them in the conversation to extol the virtues of God, the goodness of God. And if, again, you're watching this on YouTube, the replay, I want to say to you that we do the replay on, from 10 o'clock on Sundays. You, do, you have the replay on YouTube or you can watch it on Facebook. Or you can watch it or you can listen to it on the podcast where live on all the podcasts all the podcast channels out there just look for the lighthouse listen to the message and i believe it's going to bless you so last week we started speaking about the power of stillness and the power of stillness essentially is talking about the fact that when we are in the middle of the storm and we face a life-threatening situation or what i call the crossing the jordan moment we must not panic we must remember that god is with us and that in the middle of the storm, where we can rest assured that of the presence of God with us, the miraculous happen. The Bible says in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am the Lord. When you look at that scripture, essentially saying, it is when you are still that you experience God. It doesn't mean that you don't know God. But you know, 
be still and know that I am the Lord. The word know is ginosko. Ginosko actually means to know something by experience. Essentially, God is saying to you, it is when you are calm in your mind, when you don't panic, when you don't run elter scatter, when you don't forget who, who, who you are or of whose you are, that's when you begin to experience him. God's power is made manifest in stillness. You know when God met uh, Prophet Elijah? Prophet Elijah just called fire down from, from um, Mount Carmel and killed the prophets of Baal. In the book of 1 Kings, he, he killed them. And then all of a sudden, there's a woman called Jezebel. Queen Jezebel, yes, was, she was an evil queen, threatened to behead or kill Elijah. Elijah ran. Elijah was running for his life. And then Elijah was despondent. Elijah was, um, you know, tired. And Elijah was running around. And then when God went to manifest himself to Elijah, the Bible said, first there was fire and there was lightning, there was all of these things. But God did not show up in any of those things. There was a still small voice that showed up and God began to admonish Elijah. Which means in the throes of life, in the confusion that we may find ourselves in from time to time, it is the still small quiet voice of God that will get you out. That's why God wants you to be still in the middle of the storm and hear his instruction in the middle of the storm. Truth be told, there's nothing you will face in your life five minutes from now, a year from now, a, the, the time of 10 years from the, today that God has not already gone ahead to make a way out for you. As I shared last week, I said, when God backed up the river from where the, where the, the feet of the priest stood, back it up, up, up onto Adam, God backed it up onto Adam 25, 30 kilometers from where they were, because if God had not backed it up up onto Adam, the whole region there would have been flooded and lives would have been lost. God backed up the river up onto Adam so that as tall as the water stood about 100 feet high and they passed through the Red Sea, they could, they could stay there and run through that miraculously without the water overflowing them, without the water also killing people that were in the, in the neighboring cities. So, and what I said last week that I want to rehash is this. Because God backed it up to Adam, God determined how far the solution we go get into, even before the problem occurred. Before he asked them to, for, before he asked that it's the feet of the priest should rest in the, in the water, God knew where he was going to back the water up onto to sustain life. So, no matter what you're going through today, God knows exactly the solution to that problem and he has prepared the solution before the problem arises and i said one of the things that blessed me with that is because it meant there's nothing i'm going to run to in my future that there's not already a solution for it now if there's a solution for that which i encounter it means i only need to ask god to open my eyes, to see the solution, to give me the wisdom, to know what to do during that period. So that as I, began, as I begin to take steps based on what he has asked me to do, I'm assured of victory. People of God, you belong in the camp of God and victory is already your portion. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So on the back 
of the last week's message talking about the power of stillness the fact that we need to we need to be rest assured we need to allow our mind to be rested in the promises of god in in the in the, in the faithfulness of god before we can see the breakthrough in the middle of whatever we find ourselves today i'm going to be talking about a topic i have titled will you remember will you remember praise god forevermore before we start speaking on i just want to say a word of prayer now remember the song that we just listened to now it says you are too faithful to fail me i want you to ponder on that as i begin to pray you are too faithful to fail me god is too faithful to fail you Praise God. Wonderful Father, I thank you for this morning, for what you are going to do. Thank you for your people, for your children all over the world who are tuning, listening to these, or those who are even watching right now on the live stream. I thank you for what you are going to do in their lives. I thank you for what you are doing right now in their lives. I thank you that no matter what happens to them in, in, in the years of their lives, two minutes from now, one year from now, five years from now, I thank you that Almighty God, you have already gone into that future to secure it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray as we share your word today, let there be a flow of your power, a flow of your power, a flow of your power, breaking barriers, setting people free. In the name of Jesus, let someone live here encouraged, knowing fully well, oh God, that there's no hopelessness with a child of God, that with you, it can only get better. Thank you, wonderful Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Wow. I'm so happy to have you in church today. I'm so delighted to welcome you again today. Today, I'll be talking about who you remember. I'm going to be looking through the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 4 is what we're going to be looking at from verses 1 to 7. Here, we see a story where God began to say to them, give them instruction. After they crossed the Jordan to the other side, God now began to give them instruction on what they should do which is very instructive to us today. Let's go into the text and read it. The Bible says, So it was when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take for yourselves the twelve men chosen from among the people, one man from each tribe. Now, if you remember last week when we were reading the text in Joshua chapter 3, because we read the whole of Joshua chapter 3 last week, Joshua chose twelve men from among the people. We didn't know what was the reason why they were chosen, but now we know. These men now have assignment. They have an assignment for their lives. In this historic moment, God chose these 12 men to carry out an assignment that will be told and retold for generations to come as an example of something that we can learn from. These people have their work, their names. You know, obviously we don't know their names right now, but these people, they have their, their names written on the tapestry of life for generations to come so that they, we can learn from them. May God choose you in different seasons of life to be a solution to somebody's problem. May God choose you in different seasons of your life to be, to be someone whose story will be told of the faithfulness of God, of someone who carries the, the, the lamp or the torch that passed things to the next generation. May God choose you during times when, when the world needs men and women that can rise up and do extraordinary stuff, may you be chosen, may you step into destiny. I pray for you this morning, as we start this month, that you will step into destiny, that when it is your time to take on the stage, you will not be found wanting. 
I pray for you in the name of Jesus that when it is your time to take up to take up your destiny to walk in the path that God has chosen for you that you will rise up to the occasion in the name of Jesus Christ I pray for you today that there will be a release of the power of the grace and the might of God working mightily in your life to pull you into your destiny I pray for you today that when it is time for you to be chosen to step into your destiny that you you will run the race that is set before you I pray for you today that you will not be distracted to fulfill your purpose and destiny in this life praise God forevermore so we go back to the text verse 2 says take for yourselves the 12 men chosen from among the people one man from each tribe verse 3 and command them pick up for yourselves 12 stones one each from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where this priests feet are standing firm carry them over with you and lay them down at the place where you will spend the night tonight then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel one man from each tribe verse 5 and Joshua said to them cross over again to the Jordan cross over again to the ark of the Lord your God as in go back so what what happened here this these people these 12 people crossed the Jordan across to the other side with the rest of the people the priests whose feet rested in the water were still standing in the Jordan when this instruction was given so Joshua told them those told these 12 men go back to where the ark of the covenant was now go and pick it while the priests are still standing right in the middle of the of the of the river with 120 feet high of water piled up on their side on, on this side they went back into the river and they were not to do so what to carry the stones from where the feet of the priests carrying the ark of the covenant rested let's not forget that picture they are walking back now they came now and stood with the priests carrying the ark of the covenant and now they bent down and carry the stones and they took the stone back to the other side where the victory parade is standing and they erected the monument there praise God so let's go back to the story it says here Joshua said to them cross over again to the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and each of you shall take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribe of the son of Israel so that this may be a sign a token among you when your children ask later what do these stones mean to you then you shall say to them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan the waters of the Jordan were cut off so this stone shall become a memorial for Israel forever so today when I talk about will you remember I'm talking about will you create memorials will you have memorials in your life that will remind you of the goodness and the faithfulness of God of the victories that you have won of where you have come from will you remember Will you remember, God wants me to tell you that it is absolutely important for you to, to, to learn to create memories and memorials or landmarks or milestones that will remind you of the goodness and the faithfulness of God, that will remind you of the victories that you have won, that will remind you of how far you have come. Right there where you are sitting, I want you to know that you are more than conqueror. When you look at your life, play back, play, play back the movie of your life. Go back to how far you have, God has brought you. And you will see over and over and over again there are victories along the way there are milestones along the way of what God has done for you that you will never forget 
God asked me to tell you, learn to create memorials. When these things happen, when God wins battles for you, when God has brought you to the other side, remember, create tokens, milestones to remind you of what God has done for you. When I look over, back over my life, for example, some of you may know, you know, I lost my parents when I was quite young. And when I was in my final year in the, in the, in the university, my father died. Eight months later, my mother died. I became an orphan, you know. And then when, when, when I went for what they call the youth service, there's something called in Nigeria called National Youth Service. I schooled in Nigeria. I schooled in, in, in Nigeria for my first degree. Uh, and I came here in the UK to study for my second degree. But I did my first degree in, in Nigeria. And when you finish school in Nigeria in the university, you go for what they call a National Youth Service. So I went for this national youth service, and I will never forget. During this period, my both my parents already have already died. And when you finish national youth service, they do what they call a, a marching out parade or a, a, a parade where they they sort of celebrate you. Now you're now released into the into the society to get, begin to fend for yourself because that one year of national youth service is where the government pays you a um, well some sort of a pittance, some small money to as allowances, you know, but. After that, obviously, you gotta take care of yourself. And I remember, I remember, one of those days when we're doing a personal parade. It was probably the loneliest day day of my life. You know why? There was no mother, there was no father, there was nobody to come and you know embrace me and welcome me and, and cheer me up. I was so lonely. I thought, wow, what a terrible feeling. Standing right there. Not knowing what to, what to do, I couldn't go back home because I got no parent to go to. And I did what Gideon did. I began to throw what I call fleeces to God. I said, you know what? God, I got three, three cities here that I want to go. And I named the three cities. And I said, you know what? The first place you get me a job, that's where I'm going to go. Because I didn't know what, what to do, people of God. And as God will have it, fast forward the story. God got me a job way before a lot of people that I went to school with God got me a job and even the job itself was a miracle I get to learn about the job through somebody and I went there did my test when I went for my interview I told my story about how I became an orphan but how I keep pushing myself forward and I got a job and I got a job now when I look forward now look at what God has done how God has used my academy to help a lot of people to to become self-sufficient how God has used using even this ministry to change lives. I look back to that child that was standing on the field in that city on that day alone with nobody, no father, no mother, no one to talk to. Now being someone that God is using to touch lives. That is where you see the power of memories, the power of setting landmarks. I look back over that past years and say, if God brought me through then, it will yet do it again. Praise God. So why did God ask them to set landmarks? So that they will remember the faithfulness of God. They will remember that if they face something tomorrow, because they will face something tomorrow, God wants them to remember that I have done it for you before. Don't forget. If your mind wants to wander away and forget, look at the stones. Just remember. Look at the stones and remember that I am the God who has done it before and I change not. If I've done it for you before, I would do it again. Praise God forevermore. I pronounce over your life as you're listening to this and watching this. 
that even though you may have been stalled in your life things may have no what for you either too that as you begin to go back into your into your past don't recount the failures of the past recount the successes recount that those that near-death experience that god brought you through you know that sickness that could have killed you but god brought you anyway you know the way you then you could have been thrown out of the house but god brought help to you anyway remember just remember don't forget the things that god has done for you and as you recount this blessing, the, the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, you know what's going to happen? It's going to empower you and fuel you up with hope to keep laying hold of the future that God has in store for you. Praise God forevermore. So, why did God use the stones from the place they stood? Because there cannot be any gain saying that this event occurred. God oftentimes use the experiences of our lives as the basis for the ministry that he called us to let me rehash that again at times you go to some certain experiences god did not bring the experiences god did not create the experiences god did not bring evil into our lives god has no evil to give i hope you understand that but at times you go through certain challenges of life and god uses these challenges as the basis to help other people as a base to begin to touch other people's lives. That's why the song I sang last week, that, that was that was that was um, sung last week. I see a victory that says, "Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good." Resonated with me so much. Throughout this week, actually, I've been pondering that song. I've been playing it over and over in my head. Whatever the enemy meant for evil. God always turns for good. You know, you might be going through an experience right now. The devil thought he won. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he didn't win. He cannot win. God, Christ won the victory at Calvary's Hill. And whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for good in your life. Let me show you an example in the life of Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's an example of the one who was hung on a cross. You see, the cross is an emblem of shame and defeat. The cross in the natural, it's an emblem of shame and defeat. It's only the worst of criminals that are hung, that are hung on the cross. Malefactors are hung on the cross. Terrorists are hung on the cross. Those who want to upset government, those who have committed treasonable offenses. But what has Christ done? Nothing. He was healing people. Delivering all those who are oppressed of the devil. Doing great things in the kingdom. But they put, they put him on that cross. They put him on that cross. That same cross is what the Father now has used. As an emblem of hope and salvation. Look at that. God took what the enemy meant for evil. And turned it for good. My story that I just shared with you left, became an orphan at a young age. But just, 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 just God took that story to make a message out of my life. I remember a boy some years back, and about four or five years ago, who lost his, who lost his parent, who actually lost his father. The boy was about maybe 18, 19, 19 years old. He lost his father. He was hopeless. He didn't know what to do. A friend of mine called me. I said, let's go talk to these guys. I went there. And I said, Nobody could, could talk to him. Nobody could comfort him. And I went there and I began to tell my story. 
how I became an orphan and how God sent help to me along the way. How even the first job I got, it was miraculous. God just stepped in and just helped me. And I began to tell this to him. I began to tell the boy, look, the fact that your dad died doesn't mean your life is going to end. You know, as I was speaking to the boy, the boy recognized, could relate to what I was explaining. And it, the boy began to think, if someone who um, didn't have a parent could make something out of my life, out of his life, I could make something out of my own life too. At least I still have my mother. S some years later, I saw the boy graduate from, from uni. And the thing is, is working now. Why? My story encouraged him. God asked them to pick the stones from where the feet of the priests rested. Why? So there will not be any gain saying that this event occurred. From the same place where the miracle happened from, they took the stones from there to remember that God did it. God took the, the, the stones from the center of the breakthrough in the middle of the mess and God said just remember that that is what God does God takes your mess makes a message out of it God takes the mess that the enemy is trying to put in your life and makes a message out of it God takes the detours of your life and create pathways of miracles through it. No matter what you have gone through, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you will go through, I want you to know God has got your back. And God will take the same experience that you have experienced and make something great out of it and rub the nose of Satan in it. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. All right, so what did they do with the stones? They pile the stones high and use it as a monument on the other side of the Jordan. They built an altar, a place of remembrance that will serve as the everlasting testimony of the goodness of God, of what God has done for them. It will be a talking point in their community, a talking point when they're walking on the street, a talking point when they're having dinner, a talking point at, at, on Thanksgiving Day, a talking point at Christmas, a talking point at any time they, they gather together to talk about, do you remember how God delivered us from so, so, and so? You know, that's the power of testimonies. Testimonies, you know, when we talk about testimonies, about sharing testimonies, we're sharing those things to, to, to attestate to the goodness and the, and the glory of God. And when we start talking about, do you remember, do you remember, do you remember? You know what we're doing? We're recounting the story. We're reliving the moment of what God has done for us. Every time we talk about the goodness of God, every time we talk about, do you remember when, when God did this, when God did that, when God did that, we are recounting and reliving that moment as if that moment happened all over again. And the euphoria we got, we, we will get from recounting the stories of the goodness of God, we encourage us to know that God has not failed and God will not fail. And that God that did it before, ha, he would do it again. There's a man named Samuel in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7, chapter, chapter 7 verse 7 to 15. I'm not going to be able to read it in, in, in parallel, but it's, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it to, for, for you. I want to show you something here that Samuel did. Samuel was a prophet in Israel. Before the advent of kings, Israel as a nation used to be a, a nation without kings. They used to be run by judges and prophets, you know, but they wanted to be like every other, every other nation, they wanted a king. But in this case, Samuel was the one in charge. So the children of Israel faced a nation called the Philistines. The Philistines were quite powerful. Just imagine United States of, of America 
uh, trying to fight Nigeria. You know, you can't compare. You know, one has got super military power, the other one has got zero, right? Okay, but they wanted to fight. This one's that's got zero trusted in the power of the Almighty God. This one trusted in their own weaponry, all right? Okay, so what happened here? Which what happened essentially is the Philistines came against the children of Israel. Children of Israel went to this man named Prophet Samuel and said, "Look, pray unto the Lord for us." So that the Lord would deliver us from the Philistine. And Samuel did something. Samuel um, prayed to the Lord and took an offering and made perform an offering to the Lord. These guys, the Philistines, took their arm, armies and soldiers and weapons and gathered together in one place. This one here, Samuel on the other side, was praying and trusting God and believing God. And God did something that I want to share with you. Let's go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 7. I will read from verse 9 actually. From verse 9. Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel. And the Lord heard him. And verse 10. Beautiful verse. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. The, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Samuel was offering worship. This one's believed in the, in the power of the flesh. They were coming against Israel. Then God did something. The Bible said, But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them and they were smitten before Israel. I want you to look at the picture. Imagine the battlefield. Two camp trying to come together. These ones they have got bazookas and AK-47 and bombs and all sort of stuff. These ones have got nothing but an altar. <laughs> the Bible says the weapons of our warfare they are not candidate, but they are mighty through God to the putting out of strongholds. Listen, people of God, the weapons that we use to fight war, not Canada, they're not based on human weaponry. We we have a, the, the arsenal that we have, the arsenal of God. That is based on prayer and faith and worship. When we worship, when we praise, when we when we walk by faith, we can take over mountains, we can take territories for God. But this requires us to trust God that He is going to come through for us in the middle of the challenge. I don't care what it is you're going through right now. I'm saying to you, the breakthrough that you seek is already on your lips the breakthrough that you seek is in your singing is in your praise is in your worship the breakthrough you you have been seeking for is in you trusting wholly the father who has created who has never left you who will never leave you alone praise god forevermore now as they came together they were coming to the israelites they were coming with their weapons of war they were coming with their the armory the arsenal of men God did something. The one that commandeered the, the, the storms of life. No, the one that commandeered the, 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 the sun, the moon. The one that said the moon is space, the sun is space. The one that said to the sea, thus far shall you go and go no further. The same God who made the heavens and the earth did something. Only uttered a word that we cannot even hear. He issued a command to the thunder. And the thunder came out right there on top of these people. The, the Bible said it, it thundered on the Philistines. Think about that. They were coming here. The thunder knew the location where to go to. The thunder in the same geographical area where they are all standing and trying to come to war. The thunder went to the location of the enemy and thundered upon them. And right there and there, the thunder discomfited them. 
it was the thunder that discomfited them and then they were smitten before Israel. I'm, I'm saying to you here, the, the weapons of our warfare, they are not kinda. God has weapons that you have not even seen yet. That we can we can we can lay hold of. People of God, if you learn to walk by faith, you will take over mountains. But it, but walking by faith might seem stupid, might seem like you're losing your mind, might seem like you don't know what you're doing. But learning to walk by faith is the only way that God has asked you to. God did not ask you to walk by any other way beyond by faith. God asked you to trust him, trust him. And God did something here for them. It was thunder that discomfited these people. It was thunder that smote them before Israel. Their Israel then grew courage to then pursue and finish the job. Praise God. But look at something that happened in verse 12. When this happened, Samuel did something. The Bible says, Samuel took a stone and set it between Mispeh and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Ethato, as the Lord helped us. So far as God helped us. Do you have a story that you want to talk about and see how, how far God has helped you? You can set up your own memorial stone like Ebenezer and say, thus far has God helped you. Thus far has God helped me. Why do we need to say thus far God has, has God helped me? Because every single time we look at we look at this stone that we have that we have put in there as a reminder, we are reminded of the faithfulness of God. God wants you to set memorials. This object that you are putting in your house as memorials, it is not an idol. Please remember, you are not to have an idol. No. But these things you are creating is to serve as a reminder. One of the beautiful ones you can use is get a notebook. A thank you notebook. Where you write what God has done for you. Or you can get what I call a victory log. Victory log, you write down the victory that you won or that the victory that God won for you. That's something you can do. It's a memorial. So now as you go through the journey of life, you go back and look at what God has done. And when you look back to remember what God has done, something will happen to you immediately. Hope will rise up in your heart. Faith will rise up in your heart. Joy will bubble forth in your heart. You will remember that the same God who did it before will do it again. This is the purpose of memorial. So I'm asking you this morning, will you remember what God has done? Will you remember what God has called you? Will you remember who God is in your life? Will you remember of whose son or whose daughter you are? Will you remember? Will you remember that you're not, you not a slave of God, but you're a child of God? Will you remember that you belong in the kingdom of royalty? Will you remember that God has placed upon your head glory and honor? Will you remember? Will you remember this morning that you're not an ordinary person? Will you remember this morning that you don't run by the, by the laws of life, of, of the natural life? Will you remember that you're a supernatural being? Will you remember that you are a child of God, beloved child of God. Will you, will you remember this morning that you have been forgiven, that you have been accepted, that you have been declared holy and righteous before God? Will you remember? God asked me to tell you, remember what I've called you. Remember what I've done for you. Remember, my power is still at work in your life. 
praise God forevermore. Ebenezer means thus far has God helped us. Thus far has God helped us. The God that did it before, he will do it again. The God that did it before, he will do it again. So when we face a new challenge in our lives, we remember, we go back to our victory log and we remember and say, no, hang on a minute. This is a small thing for Jesus. He did something bigger than this for me in the past. Yeah, of course, he's going to do this. That's what God wants you to do. That absolute trust in him against all odds will set you apart in this world. We have been called to live by faith. It will set you apart in this world. Choose to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. Go to the past. Remember what God has done. Look to the future by remembering the past and think and say, the same God who did before, he will do it again. Praise God forevermore. God is a God who keeps promises. God is a God who keeps promises. There's a scripture I want to share with you in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. This scripture, you know, many years ago, I've been pondering on it. I've been pondering on me. I think I've actually preached a, a whole message on it. But I don't have, this is not the purpose of this session here. But I want to show you in Hebrews 6, 18 here, the Bible says, in the Passion Transition, it says, It is impossible for God to lie. For we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run to his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. You know what this is saying? This is saying a number of things that's quite beautiful. First thing he's saying here is this. First, it is impossible for God to lie. Impossible for God to lie. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. He is the way, the truth, and the light. God is light. God is life. God is love. God is the truth. The truth is Jesus. It is impossible for God to lie. Okay, if we are settled with that, that God cannot lie, then this thing then says, we know. Not we think. Not we think maybe. <laughs> we know. Because we know that God cannot lie, we also know that this. We know that God's promise that has been fulfilled in Jesus and his vow, his covenant that he made with Jesus will never change. I want you to know here the promise that we're talking about here and the vow here are with Jesus. The Bible says all of the promises of God have been fulfilled in Jesus to which we say amen to it. All of the promises that God has ever made have been fulfilled in Jesus. Health, wealth, prosperity, healing, security, protection, provision, preservation. Every promise that God has ever made have, have had their fulfillment today in Jesus. What is our responsibility? We say amen to it. We say so be it to it. So if you go back to this text, we know God cannot lie. We know his promise and his vow will never change. So the promises of God have been fulfilled in Jesus will never change. That will never change. His vow. Vow is a covenant. Vow is an oath. But remember what I told you before. The oath that God made, the new covenant that God has put in place, God did not make a covenant with every individual believer. No. God made a covenant with Jesus. 
the new covenant is a covenant of God with himself. And that's the reason why the new covenant is guaranteed by the blood of Jesus. And because the new covenant is guaranteed by the blood of Jesus, the new covenant and its ramifications and promises cannot fail because it's guaranteed by the eternal one. Okay, now let me now tell you something that is beautiful. You see, under the old covenant, God made a covenant with Israel. God said, if you do this, I will do this. If you do that, I will do that. But under the new covenant, God made a covenant with himself. Why? Because God found fault with the old covenant. Because the old covenant premised upon the, the premise upon cooperation from a, from from man always fails why because in the human flesh man we always fail it is not possible for us to keep those commandments god we always keep his own part of the bargain but we always fall short so god thought you know what i'm going to do something that cannot be that cannot be defected that cannot be shortchanged that the people i love so much can never break it and god made a covenant with himself God made a covenant with Jesus. So what is my position here? I am a receptor of the covenant of Jesus. And because that covenant was made with Jesus, I cannot break it. And because I cannot break it, I am just a benefactor. So when you come back here into this text, Hebrews 6.18, and play back what I've just said, you can say, it is impossible for God to lie for the promise he has made with Jesus and the new covenant vow that he, he made with Jesus can never change okay now because you are now under the new covenant you are you are a receptor of the benefit of all benefactor of the new covenant's blessings and all of the promises of God ever has been fulfilled in Jesus and that Jesus Christ now lives inside of you look at what now happens to this text the Bible then says because we know this truth now we run we don't walk we don't saunter we run to his heart we run to the heart of God to do what to hide ourselves in his faithfulness the new covenant is so beautiful that in it we have assurance of salvation because we have assurance of salvation we run to the heart of god we have boldness to come to the throne room the bible says we should come boldly to the throne room so that we can receive help in time of need how could you receive help if you don't come to the throne room how could you come to the throne room if you think you are still a sinner do you see where i'm coming from you can only come to the throne room with boldness if you know and you know and you know that God sees you righteous. Here he says, because the vow and the promise all premised upon the merit of Jesus can never change. Because you know that that cannot change. What do you do? You run to his heart and you hide yourself in the faithfulness of God. What does it mean to hide yourself in the faithfulness of God? It means you keep saying, it's not about me. God has done it. I trust God is going to come through for me. I trust God is going to come through for me. The just shall live by faith. I trust my father. He will come through for me. He has done it in the past. He will do it again. We run to his heart and we hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Now, when we do that, it is in his heart. It is in the faithfulness of God. Our trust in the faithfulness of God. It is in this place that we find strength. We find strength 
and we find comfort. Why do we need strength? Because at times we get tired. While we are waiting to cross the Jordan, we get tired. We find strength in what? In the faithfulness of God. Why do we need comfort? At times, you know, people go through pain. God comforts us. God comforts us. God says to us, don't worry, child. You may have lost the job, but you still got me. I got a better one for you. You may have lost the house, but you still got life. I got the one for you. Do you see where I'm coming from? God comforts you in the midst of the challenge. So, but how do you get these things? The comfort and the courage or the comfort and the strength. It is by trusting in his faithfulness, not in your faithfulness. If everything you are going to get in this life is based on how faithful you are, you're not going to get, you're not going to get much. But you see, God did not tie the blessing to our faithfulness. God tied the blessing of the new covenant to the faithfulness of Jesus. In, in, maybe next week or in two weeks time, I'm going to be teaching you about what God taught me about the faith of Jesus. It's going to be a blessing to you. Essentially, what he's saying is, because Christ was faithful, the blessings are mine. God is not premising my receiving from him based on how faithful I am. You know, we can turn faith into works. We can turn giving into works. We can turn good things that we're doing for the Lord. We can turn into works and say, because I did this, I did that, I did that, I did that, God is going to do this in my life. We can say, we can, we can trick ourselves to believe that it's because of the things that we're doing, that's why God is moving in our lives. And that is, that's an error. That's an error from the pit of hell. That's why I always say, it is because of the faithfulness of Jesus. I receive everything I have received because of the faithfulness of Jesus. Not because I'm, 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 I've done enough, or because I pray enough, not because I, I, I'm smart enough, but because of the faithfulness of the one who called me. And that is where grace is. Grace takes you farther in life than you can go by yourself. The grace of God empowers you to achieve in your life what you cannot achieve by yourself. Praise God forevermore. So here, we find strength and comfort. Now, because we have now strength and comfort, God empowers us to lay, to seize. He empowers us to do or to seize. So he gives us the power so that we can seize. Who does the seizing? You and I will do the seizing. We seize what has already been established for us before time. This is so beautiful. I don't know how to begin to explain it. What God is saying to you here is, there's something that he has done for you he has already established for you what you are believing him for he has already established it for you before you show up here every single day of your life has been marked out it, what you are going to turn out to be has been marked out what is left for you now is to do what seize it the bible says you go jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 i know the thought that i thought towards you the thought of good not of evil to give you a future and an expected end. god says i know the thought that i have towards you the thought of good not of evil to give you a future and unexpected end. that is what god has in store for you the question now will you seize it will you seize what is already yours is if i give you a present i put something here on the table and say baby this is for you if you refuse to take it then you are not going to have it it's not because it's been hidden from you it's not because it's been withheld from you it's because you refuse to reach out your hands and take it god asked me to tell you today reach out your hands and take what has been given to you god has given to you everything that pertains to life and godliness it has been given to you in jesus the question is are you going to take it the Bible here says, because we are rolled into his faithfulness, not what you have done, because of what Christ has done. Because of what Christ has done, you can lay hold of the promises of God and you can receive and seize what is already yours. An unshakable hope. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So God does not want you to forget. He doesn't want you to forget all the victories you have won. 
of what he has brought you through. Don't forget. I'm, I'm begging you, please don't forget. Don't forget the goodness of God. Don't forget the faithfulness of God. You know, there, there's a saying that me and my sister used to say when we lost our parent. I'm going to rehash it for you now. We used to say, all I have seen in this life has taught me to trust God for all I have not seen. What does that mean? It means when we look back over our experiences in life and we see how God has come through for us, we are, we are, we are filled with hope to trust that God will come through in the future. That's a saying that you can take away yourself and say, all I've seen in this life has taught me to believe God for what I've not seen. Praise God forevermore. So today, as, as we begin to round up, I want you to know that God is still at work in your life and God will come through for you. God will come through for you. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your people. Thank you for the victory that they have in Jesus. Thank you because all eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. We'll come to them. We'll come to them. You have shown it to them already. They are going to walk in freedom in the goodness of God. Lord, I thank you now for your faithfulness. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you that even as we go this week, oh Lord, we go with the consciousness of your righteousness. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you praise and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. People of God, create a victory log. To record the victory that you, the victories that you have won that's how you lay hold and seize what god has already laid in store for you you have a bright future you have a wonderful future but you must lay hold of what god has done for you praise god forevermore if you want to give your life to jesus i just want to let you know that god loves you so much all you got to do is believe he died for you and confess that with your mouth just say father i thank you that christ died for me died as me paid for my sin right now i believe that he was raised from the dead i put my trust in jesus jesus have me make me your son i believe in you in jesus name you know if you say that if you, if you believe that in your heart and you say that with your mouth you are saved because with the mouth the bible says confession is made unto salvation but you see the heart must believe that jesus christ is lord if you have believed that jesus christ is lord and you have made that affirmation from your mouth the bible declared that you are saved and i welcome you into the family of my father praise god forevermore i just want to remind you please remember later today 3 30 we have communion service i'm going to be taking uh, i'm going to be doing prayers from book of psalm 103 which is one of the messages i want to teach here today but i couldn't finish it but i will just deep deep toe into that because this month is a month of memorials the month to remember the month to remember what god has done for us so i'm going to be taking the prayer from psalm 103 i'll just run through that in the afternoon please make sure you come back to church for the communion service and please get your your, your communion things you know so we pray over them and I'll make some prophetic utterance over your life praise god forevermore remember you are blessed and highly favored. Father, I send your people away now with the power of God. I send them away with the glory of God. I send them away today, knowingly whether they carry a consciousness that they will remember all the goodness, the faithfulness of God, what you have done for them in the past, so that they will step into this future that you have for them, oh God, running the race, seizing with both hands the goodness of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, God bless you. God bless you. I'll see you, speak to you later. Remember, please come to communion service. It's going to be a blessing to you.
Thank you for staying with us. We hope you've been blessed as much as we have. You can watch the replays of today's service at 10 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and podcast. You can go through our YouTube channel for more content. You can also subscribe to our podcast on www.thelifehouse.org podcast. Our Sunday services commence every Sunday at 8 a.m. UK time. Our midweek service is at 6 p.m. every Wednesday. We look forward to you joining us. Until next time, please study and meditate on the Word. And may God bless you.